Welcome to the Red Sox Precap podcast from Over the Monster, where we review Red Sox series that just ended, and or I guess recap, fitting with our name, and then preview uh, the series that is upcoming. Uh, I'm your host, Keaton Rocher, joined by Shelly Restraint. And Shelly, um, just to get things started, Red Sox had a really great opportunity to get off on the right foot, uh, and they did not, dropping two out of three to the Orioles. Seems like a real missed opportunity for them, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, how can you drop two out of three to uh, to, to, to Baltimore? I, I just, uh, I mean, we really honestly should have taken it 3-0. Uh, um, so yeah, it, it was a great opening weekend for, for our Red Sox there. Yeah, this was, I mean, we knew the pitching was going to struggle and this was really like a, like a perfect litmus test for what the pitching could do. Uh, and really a chance for them to gain a lot of confidence and yep. it really went the other way, but let's, let's go game by game here. So we'll start on a, on a good note here, uh, opening day, Red Sox, pummeled Baltimore in what was expected. Well, it started off with Tommy Malone making his case for uh, AL Cy Young and then quickly <laughs> fell apart and turned into a doubles parade for the Red Sox. Red Sox won 13-2, had 17 hits, eight of them were doubles, and the offense really kind of carried them. Evaldi had a great night, uh, pitching six innings, gave up five hits, one run, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, Would have preferred a little bit more. From the strikeouts in Rivaldi, and there was a few at-bats where he really struggled to get swings and misses and get the third out, which drove up his pitch count. But on the whole, I would say pretty good start from Rivaldi, about as good as you could expect of uh, him based on his spring training and summer camp performances. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, um, I, I was expecting a little bit more strikeouts, especially uh, with the Baltimore lineup, but I was, I was really, really happy to see him just kind of you know, even that he didn't get the strikeouts, he he still kind of like dominated the Orioles there. And then we, you know, we kind of like teed off on the Baltimore pitching, like we like we should have. So going in, you know, just after this first game, I was just like, "Yep, this is this is going like it should." Yep, eight doubles. Jackie Bradley Jr. had two. Jose Peraza had two. JD Martinez had two, and Pilar and Vasquez joined the fray. Uh, really encouraging also throughout the entire series, if we're going to take some silver linings here, to see Jackie Bradley Jr. consistently going the other way. Yeah. That's going to be big as the season plays out. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I mean, we all know that Jackie, uh, JBJ can be either hot or cold. And seeing, I mean, again, this is the Orioles pitching here, but seeing how he's performed in these couple of games, um, it's it's really encouraging, and then also really encouraging for him because I mean he's a he's a free agent at the end of the year. So I mean I'm I will always love JBJ and just seeing him just kind of tee off, um, especially in this first game here, um, got me really excited. Some other keynotes: uh, three hits from JD Martinez, three hits from Kevin Pilar, who had himself quite a debut, uh, two hits for Vasquez, and three for Jackie Bradley Jr. and four for Jose Peraza who was your pick for series MVP and uh, started out making a pretty darn good case for him. But game one, the Red Sox take 13 to two, and then things started to get much worse from there. Uh, Game two of the series, Orioles win seven to two. A real struggle for Martin Perez, who got through five innings, gave up five runs, four earned, two walks, two strikeouts. I will give him some credit after the first two innings, he did start to settle down. 
Um, then Henry came in, pitched a clean inning. Dylan Covey, new addition, who was then uh, sent down, gave up the final two runs and two innings, and Josh Oshitz, Osich finished it out. Um, not a whole lot to take away from positives, except uh, Verdugo making his Red Sox debut did go three for four, which was very nice to see, uh, and then got into an argument for um, just taking third on his own. <laughs> but um, this Alex Cobb really kind of embarrassed this Red Sox lineup, which just really just can't happen. Alex Cobb went five and a third, struck out six, didn't walk any, um, and just completely shut down this lineup a night after they put up a, a 13 on the board. Uh, you, was there any positives that you saw from here besides Verdugo? Um, I mean, outside of Verdugo, not really. I mean, again, you know, JPJ just, uh, you know, just kept on hitting. Um, so that, that was good to see, but no, it really wasn't that great. I mean, Benintendi just, just looked like incredibly lost again. And, and Devers just looked lost as well. I think he made an error. He kind of bobbled some balls there. It's just like, yeah, it was just kind of a oof, uh, watching some of our, uh, some of our better players just kind of scuffle. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Pitching really kind of let him down here. Um, Martin Perez had been working. Uh, he had some well, come a few decent innings um, in summer camp, which was giving some people some hope, particularly our friend Jake Dev. <laughs> um, not a great start for Perez. We, I mean, we knew the pitching was going to struggle, and uh, obviously Perez was kind of thrust into this role as uh, the number two starter. Here, as Eduardo Rodriguez uh, still doesn't really have a timetable for rejoining the team, yeah. so he's he's basically being asked to play above what they initially signed him for, which was like to be the fifth starter to just eat innings. Um, so it's tough to kind of be disappointed. I mean, he got through five, which is probably just the bare minimum that you can ask, but you're also looking to get more than two runs out of this offense. So it's just overall pretty disappointing effort from the entire team here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. And, um, yeah, like you said, like Perez kind of like started to settle down a bit. Uh, but asking Perez to be your number two is just really asking a lot from that dude. So, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Excuse me. And in game three, uh, things just continue to get worse. <laughs> As the Red Sox dropped game three, seven to four, um, Ryan Weber took the loss, going three and two-thirds and giving up six runs. Um, a bit of a struggle uh, from the bullpen, as there was several walks, but they were actually able to really maintain the damage and only end up giving one, uh, giving up one run the rest of the way, going uh, five and a third in relief. Uh, that is maybe kind of the most <laughs> encouraging thing you can take away. Uh, even though it was a bit hard to walk, uh, hard to watch with the walks, uh, they were able to limit the damage, and they're they're going to have to be called upon to do that quite frequently this year. So that was nice to see. Uh, Vasquez got a homer. Kevin Pilar got a homer for the Red Sox. Uh, Jose Iglesias four hits. He really ate up the Red Sox this entire series. But probably more importantly, the Red Sox were not able to take advantage of Wade LeBlanc. They did get four runs off him in five and two thirds. But when your starter gives up six, three and two thirds. It's going to be tough to come back. 
It's starting to feel like real early when the Red Sox get down by like three at any point in the game, it feels like it's already over. That's not a great way to feel this early in a season. Yeah, yeah. After after the third game, as soon as you see your team, you know, go below th- you know three runs, and you are already kind of like, you know, scrolling Twitter and maybe trying to flip to another game. Yeah, that that that's that's really not that great. Um, uh, I mean, I I was encouraged to see Walden and 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 Barnes kind of go a couple innings there. Uh, like you said, the walks were were. A little bit disconcerting, but it was still good that they at least got out of it. Yeah, for the longest time, Wade LeBlanc was one hitting the Red Sox, the one hit being Vasquez Homer, um, which is not, it's just, I mean, all three of their starters were guys that should have gotten teed off on but weren't. Yeah. And the Red Sox pitching and bullpen just didn't really do much to bail them out. So it's overall real tough series. Um, I had predicted to sweep. You had predicted two out of three for the Red Sox. Uh, and we were both very wrong. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, it seems like we talked about how we thought the season was going to be pretty similar to their televised uh, exhibition, exhibition game against uh, Toronto, where the offense scored a bunch of runs and the bullpen kind of gave it up. It really feels like nothing has changed. Uh, from last year to this year for the starting pitch. Well, I mean, starting pitching got worse, clearly, with no Erod and no Sale. But the bullpen seems like it's still just going to be a real struggle all the way through, and that doesn't give you a lot of hope. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, no. I mean, uh, the the bullpen is just kind of like like you said, just kind of how it was last year, and we lost, lost our two best starters. So um, hold your butts. It's going to be an interesting ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, I guess, I don't know if you need perspective on Baltimore, but uh, Fangraphs ranked all uh, all the teams in Major League Baseball for the 60-game stretch based off of some projections for war. And the Orioles were a pretty distant last place in the league. So not a great showing when you're supposed to be, like, all happy and healthy and ready to go uh, opening night. They had some momentum and then completely lost it. And if you can't hold momentum against Baltimore, it, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for a real successful season. Even though we, I mean, I think you and I both thought they were going to be like fringe in a normal playoff scenario. But I think we both think they're going to make the playoffs with this expansion. Um, I may be already going back on that this quickly. And I, I maybe they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this, this. Uh, I, I agree. Like this weekend was just like totally deflating. Um, I'm I'm hoping like the next maybe two series. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard matchups here, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. It, it, it's going to be difficult, but I'm just hoping that we see something from our pitching to kind of make me feel a little bit better. And speaking of that, we now have the. Oh wait, we got a finish up our so uh our predictions of mvps of the series i think we're probably both wrong uh although you weren't too far off but uh you guessed jose peraza i guess mish Moreland, uh and i would kind of give it to jose iglesias who had seven hits in the series and it was really a tough out all the way through yeah. hitting in the three spot for the orioles had four hits today it was a big kind of difference maker in the in the outcome when the red sox started to kind of come back there um 
So I guess our first series MVP of the year, I think Iglesias kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That is a bummer. <laughs> and we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming four-game series with the Mets. All right, so moving on to this upcoming four-game series with the Mets. Um, these man, If you thought we had some good pitching matchups against the Orioles... Just wait until you see these. Uh, first game tomorrow or today as you're listening to this is Michael Waka versus what's most likely a bullpen day. It hasn't been announced yet. Um, and then on Tuesday, game two, Oswalt versus Matt Hall. And then game three, interesting matchup, Nathan Evaldi versus Jacob deGrom. And game four, Martin Perez versus Steven Matz. Um, I don't feel great. About this series. <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't have felt great about it, even if the Red Sox did put up a better showing against the Orioles. But uh, based off of these pitching matchups and based off how they just did against the Orioles, I don't feel I don't have a great feeling for the series. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. Um, I mean, the, the, the Mets lineup is a whole lot better than the Orioles. And we struggled with that with our with our you know, lackluster pitching. So, and then we also have to face, you know, DeGrom, who in my opinion is, is the best pitcher um, in the major leagues right now. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling uh, too great about this uh, four game series against the Mets. No uh, standings as they uh, currently are. Um, looks like the Mets and Braves. Are playing right now, still, uh, or are they the Sunday night game? Are they about to start playing? Uh, yeah, the they're playing game. right now. Yeah. Um, so the Mets right now are one and one, and third in the division, and the Red Sox obviously are one and two, and they are fourth in the division. I guess technically tied for second, but <laughs> three teams <laughs> ahead of them. Um, the Mets lineup when it's healthy. Well, really, I guess. The entire Mets roster when it's healthy. Uh, one of the better rosters in this 10-team bubble. Health has always been their issue. Uh, but right now, everybody's healthy. And that's a, that actually kind of makes it pretty scary. Uh, nice to see UNS Cespedes back on a field and playing for the Mets. That actually is nice. Baseball yeah. is always better when he's on the field. Uh, but not great for the Red Sox when he's hitting dingers. So, I mean, the meat of this lineup is Pete Alonso. And Michael Conforto hitting three and four. I mean, this this lineup is just so significantly better than than Baltimore. Like it's tough to kind of project how you think the Red Sox match up, but it just it doesn't seem great. Like their their lineup actually isn't all that far off from the Red Sox lineup, but I think um, which is just it's going to be some fun baseball. But I just I'm not sure how great I feel about it turning out in the Red Sox favor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would totally agree. Um, I, I do like to, to, to watch the Mets hitters. I mean, uh, one through seven is really good. Nimmo and then all the way down to Cano and Davis. I mean, all, all those hitters are like really, really good. And it just, just, just seeing, just looking at those names and just putting that with the pitchers that we're going to be throwing out especially like those first two games. Um, yeah. 
um, it's going to be really scary. And just some, um, <clears throat> I mean, at least through two games, some top performers for the Mets. Michael Conforto is three for six through his first two games. Brandon Nimmo is three for eight. Ahmed Rosario is three for nine. Cespedes is two for eight. Um, one home run for the Mets, which is young Cespedes. Uh, all of those guys, really with the exception of uh, Rosario, have all had major injury risks. But when they're all in the lineup at the same time, it the Mets lineup really is one of the scarier ones in the major leagues. Especially with Conforto and Nemo. I don't even remember the last time they were like healthy at the same time for a week in the outfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just there's not a lot of like easy outs here, like <laughs> the lineup that we just watched, yeah. which doesn't make doesn't give me a good feeling. And we last year was so frustrating to watch because of the bullpen, and I think that's probably why I'm like all doomsday right now because the last two games in the series just felt so much like a continuation of the frustrations from a year ago. Uh, even though we knew that the Red Sox really hadn't done much to address it uh, because they weren't spending money. Um, in general, let alone bullpen. But guys that we thought were going to take a step forward so far haven't with the bullpen. And it just it just is kind of ominous for they're not going to take as big a step forward as we think. Now, they're also missing uh, Darwin's Hernandez right now, who was a big part of the bullpen last year and a big part of their success last year. So maybe things change when they're fully healthy. Uh, but right now it just seems like the a continuation of a season ago where the things that plagued the Red Sox were poor starting pitching and a poor bullpen. Uh, and none of that's changed. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did see today that Hernandez and I think Taylor started throwing in that, uh, in the, in the other camp. So they're starting to come back, um, which really makes me feel good because Hernandez was really good last year and, and Taylor kind of showed some things as well. Um, so I'm hoping that, um, the, the bullpen is kind of, uh, helped out here. Um, but it's definitely not going to help out in this, uh, this next series, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, just, uh, it's, the pitching is just, it's just so bad. It was so bad this weekend. It sure was. Um, I guess we still haven't seen Zach Godley yet, and maybe he helps stabilize it a bit by being able to get deep into game or deeper into games. Um, then we saw Ryan Weber, but we're still also expecting a bullpen game. We don't know when Godley is going to get in there. So it doesn't, it seems like it's just basically going to be pretty ugly for the first part of the season. And by then in a short sprint like this, it might be over by then. So that's the tough part. So let's give our predictions here. A nice four game set at home. Uh, how do you think it's going to shake out? And do you see uh, a win, a split, a loss? What are you feeling? Um, I'm going to go a split because I, I I think that the Mets is going to Mets one game. I don't know which game it's going to be. <laughs> um, I love you Mets, but they, they tend to, you know, LOL. So I think we'll split it, but well, I just hope that we split it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping for a split, but I'm thinking... The Mets are going to take it 3-1. Yeah. I think I'm really actually looking forward to the Evaldi DeGrom matchup. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's going to be tough and uphill, but it's going to be really fun baseball. Yeah. Other than that, 
I don't think it's going to go well for the Red Sox at all because this is a much tougher lineup and the pitching just isn't going to get better. It, <laughs> so, it, like, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a very hard uh, series for the Red Sox here. I mean, I still believe in the lineup. And I'm just hoping that the bullpen can, you know, I don't know, keep it at like 10-9. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like we're going to see a lot of games like today where the starter might give up six and the bats can claw back into it and kind of make it competitive. Um, but then they'll just, they'll run out of innings. Yeah. So that's going to be real frustrating to watch and hopefully I'm wrong, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, who is your pick for MVP of the series? Um, I don't know. I'm going to go Verdugo because I, I, I liked what he kind of did like these last couple games. And I think that maybe he should probably be leading off for the Red Sox. But yeah. I agree with that. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Jackie Bradley Jr. It seems like he's in his hot streak. So I'm going to keep riding that out, especially if he's going the other way with it. Uh, that's real exciting. So I'm going to think, I'm going to just guess here that Jackie Bradley Jr. keeps his hot streak going and maybe actually uh, it's a homer this series. Nice. Love it. Dare I say. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that wraps up our rather sad episode here of the Red Sox precap <laughs> after a dropping two out of three to the Orioles and a four game set with the Mets coming up, which means we will join you. Uh, again, after that game on Thursday, so we'll have another one for Friday morning. Yeah, looks like uh, where we will review this one and preview the next. So hopefully we'll have uh, some more fun things to talk about then. But uh, thanks for joining us. See you again later this week. Bye.